Why, hello there. I am James Bradford, and you are listening to my podcast. My unnamed podcast. I, I, I don't know. We'll talk about that later. I've been thinking about doing a podcast for quite some time now, you know. I just, I put it off. I kept telling myself that my, my computer is a piece of shit. And uh, that they would sound awful, and then no one would want, want to listen. But then, you know, I realized that I'm just really fucking interesting. And so, of course, people would get past any sound quality issues in favor of getting the chance to hear me run my mouth. So here we are together. Together at last. Uh, if you found me, if you found this, you, pro- you probably already know me. Uh, if Or, you know, things that I've done or people that I know. Doesn't matter. You're listening now, and I want to tell you a little bit about myself, because we got a lot to cover, we got a lot of things to talk about, so let's just jump right in with who I am. I am an actor, and a singer, and a comedian living on the East Coast. I'm 32 years old, I am uh, 6 feet tall, 280 pounds, dark brown hair, blue eyes, beard, hairy, Uh, this is starting to sound like a Bear 411 profile. Which is good, because I would very much like to have sex with you. No, I am uh, what some would call a bear. I have been involved in one way or another with the bear community since I was 19, which is, oh god, math. Uh, 19, 29, 30, 13, 13 years. Uh, and I- I've fallen out, I've fallen out with the bear scene. Look, it's, I don't want to be horrible and say that I don't want to say bad things about the community that has meant a lot to me. Certainly not as much as it has meant to some people. Some people are obsessed to the point of occultism with the bear community. But even saying that is going to offend people in the bear community, especially the ones who are obsessed. Anyway, uh, I call myself post-bear. It is a sort of label that has been cropping up because I truly believe, with sadness and disappointment, that the bear community, the bear scene bear, in quotation marks, is is coming to an end. It's it's winding down. Now look, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. If you are part of a strong, thriving bear community in your area, I think that that's great. I don't see it anymore. I've lived in New York City, uh, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C. Uh, I know that it's still going strong in New York. The Philadelphia Bear Club shut down like six months ago. They, I mean, you have to remember, Philadelphia is the fifth most populous city in the United States, so it's a big town, and the Bear Club is gone. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Bear Clubs in Washington, D.C. are gone now, too. In, so, yeah, it's it's a sad thing, but the other thing, too, is that, here's the thing. Uh, if you don't know what the Bear community is, I'm not going to give you a lecture. You should just look it up on Wikipedia. But it's been around for quite some time, and it served a purpose at one time, which was to be a place where men of a certain type could feel included and socialize uh, at a time when they were not accepted for who they were by the gay community. They felt ostracized. They felt left out. There is a certain degree of that still existing. Uh, Men, hairy, chubby guys, are not really represented in gay media. And that is just, that's a truism. It's a truth. It's a truthiness. (laughs) But things have also shifted to where the golden tan muscle boy with the blow wave in his hair, to quote Joe Jackson, is no longer the single image of gay. And the thing is that the 
bear image has become a fetish. Uh, the gay community has always been obsessed on some level with masculinity, uh, whether it was idolizing the leather man as an icon or anything like that. Masculinity has been fetishized. It has been an obsession. And the bear community has turned into an archetype of masculinity, which is now being co-opted to a degree by the gay community at large. So now you have twinks and muscle guys who maybe they don't have any body hair at all or maybe they just have no real tie to what it means or meant to be a bear but they're growing a beard because it's hipstery and trendy now and they call themselves a cub or a bear because it is masculine in their mind and it's a it's a thing it's 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 a costume that they're putting on and i don't begrudge them the chance to do that and i would like to fuck a lot of them to be completely frank about it but to me that's a nail in the coffin of what the bear community used to be and also it's become a pop culture reference it bear mentions of bear pop up everywhere just last night i saw the new episode of the big c and laura linney's character has a best friend who's gay and he just confessed in the last episode that he's into bears by referencing that he was into her husband oliver platt who is it who isn't a bear by the way i mean uh, you know, this is a sensitive topic too because the infight in the bear community with oh, muscle bears versus chub bears and guys saying that the girth and mirth chubby community have co-opted the bear thing you know, everybody's got a complaint but Albert Platt isn't a bear <laughs> he doesn't have any facial hair and he doesn't seem particularly hairy but be that as it may, the guy took them to a bear bar and it was like 10 minutes worth of the episode was all about bears and I thought that was very funny, but it's come up on 30 Rock, The Simpsons, Futurama, Saturday Night Live, American Dad, Family Guy. Bears are being referenced in pop culture everywhere, which is always a sign that something is no longer, you know, you, you, you know what I'm saying. So for me personally, Bear has passed. Now, I feel sad because I don't do bear events anymore. I don't really associate in bear groups, and I kind of still want to, but I have to also admit it's because, I, again, I want to have a lot of sex with them still. So, anyway, that is what I have to say about that. And <laughs> uh, I guess we should move on to the next topic. Let's do that. So, one of the things I want to do on the podcast is I'm going to, or what I will do, it's what I'm going to do. The secret says to visualize, and because I clearly believe in things like that, <laughs> one of the things I will be doing is having guests on the show, fabulous, interesting people who you will adore because I say so. No, but you will. And uh, one of the games I like to play is Fuck, Mary Kill. If you don't know what that is, I... we pick three people and then we talk about which ones we'd like to fuck which one we want to marry which one we want to kill basic but uh, uh that would be no fun for me to do alone so today i'm gonna list for you the top seven guys who i think are super hot and want to fuck but who most people may not think that about <laughs> um that's the official title of it by the way so write it down because it's going to be on a t-shirt i uh I, I, all this shit is so subjective. And so, you know, it changes all the time. And uh, 
some of these people, there probably are tons of people out there who think they're hot, but this is my list. It's my list, so deal with it. All right, and in no particular order, I should say. I don't want to play games. I'm not playing favorites. I don't want to rank people. I'm not that kind of person. Uh, so here we go. Um, number one. Again, I'm just going to number them, but it's not a rank. All right, so number one, Steve Ag. Steve Ag, the comedian. He's a redheaded, bearish guy. Uh, he was on the Sarah Silverman program. He was part of the gay couple. He played Steve. Uh, he's the one that's not Brian Posehn. He's so funny. If you ever get a chance to watch his comedy clips on YouTube, you should see him live. If you can, support him. He's really funny, but he's also just uber hot. Um, there's this, I don't know if it's the Sarah Silverman program in general that gets, that makes guys get naked, but <laughs> uh, Sarah had talked about how one of the things she saw from Steve that made her choose him for the show was this series of video clips he did online where he jerked off in bed while like fantasizing about holidays I thought that was ridiculous sounding but it turns out they exist and they're actually on YouTube I think if you just search Steve AG Halloween Steve AG Thanksgiving uh, and like I know he didn't intend them to be hot but they're so hot like <laughs> uh, and they're ridiculous I mean you know he's laying in bed jerking off but he's like you know Ugh, candy corn which is razor blade apples which is funny, right? But I'm pretty sure he's actually spanking it because, like, when he goes to the long shot, there's, like, a black bar over his junk. But you can – you can, and the person who uploaded these says it, too. You can see his, like, balls bouncing around. So whatever. Uh, I would pay good money to see uncensored version of those. And, uh, and he's hot. So that's number one. How about that? Number two, Chris O'Dowd. He's on more people's radar now than he used to be, and I, I can't I can't help but say I'm a little bit bitter about that. I'll adjust. I wish him success, but he's an actor from the UK, though I think he's actually Scottish, maybe Irish. Ooh, I should I shouldn't get those mixed up. I might get killed. But he's one of the two, and uh, he is best known for starring on a show over there called the uh, IT Crowd. Really funny show. He's this just sort of adorable dork kind of character on that show curly hair which is something I love if you're listening to this and you have curly hair and you're a dude get at me because I will suck it um, he's he's really funny but he's also like a classically trained Shakespearean actor he just had a miniseries in the UK the name of which escapes me but he went frontal in it perv out on that I know I did uh, he just surfaced in uh, that movie with uh, Kristen Wiig what's it called just Bridesmaids right and he was also in the Gulliver's Travels movie so he's sort of breaking out, and I'm, you know, good for him, but keep your hands off my man. Uh, number three, Morgan Spurlock, who most of you will remember as the documentarian who did the movie Supersize Me, where he ate a bunch of food and proved that McDonald's is disgusting. We knew. We knew. But it was fun to watch. It was fun to re-know. And uh, he's just this super hairy, red-headed guy with a handlebar mustache. I mean, what, do you, what else do you want me to say about it? Uh, plus, he also has a penchant for taking off his clothes. In that movie, he was in a like a American flag print speedo, and his most recent documentary, uh, "Palm Wonderful," presents the greatest movie ever sold, which I haven't seen yet, but it comes out on DVD very soon, and I'm gonna get it. Uh, but for that poster, he was naked. So whatever. Yeah, are you sensing a trend here? I like men who are naked. Number four, <laughs> Daryl M. Bell. You might be thinking to yourself, what? 
like that name sounds familiar, but who who is who? He was on a different world. Oh yes, a different world. Where you're coming from? Uh, he was the you know I can't even remember his character's name, which makes me feel like a dick. But he was Dwayne Wayne's best friend. He was I mean he was cute on that show, but Google him now, cause he's fine as shit. That's all. Number five, Guillermo Diaz. All right, now he's another one that maybe is on people's radar. He's an openly gay uh, Latino actor who has been doing shit since the the mid '90s. He most recently has popped up on Weeds playing Guillermo, and uh, that's funny. Steve A G S Steve Guillermo Diaz as Guillermo, whatever. He's uh, he's known for playing these like tough, sort of thuggish characters a lot. Which is really cool because he's openly gay. Not to say that gay people aren't t- tough or whatever, but it's just uncommon casting against type, sort of. So, and also, <laughs> this was not intentional, but he just posed naked a few months ago, or maybe a yearish ago, for Pinups Magazine. Which, okay, sidebar, I fucking hate Pinups Magazine. It's one of these, of one of the many, you know, paper stapled together, low budget fanzine zine, whatever type of things that's focused on the quote-unquote like average male, this whole which is just ties back to the whole death of the bear community thing, but this obsession with the average man rather than the, you know, the glorified muscle queen from porn type of thing, but these average guys on these magazines are always incredibly good-looking men who happen to have average body types, or you know, sometimes they're chubbier or maybe bearish, but they're never obese and they're never, you know, have a face that falls out of the classical standard of what's considered attractive. And they're almost always white, which pisses me off most of all. And I fucking hate Pinups Magazine. I'm sorry, I hate the guy that runs it. I think he's a liar and a scumbag and a racist, I'm going to say it. Because he fucking, all of the models on his magazines have, are on, in Pinups have been white, except for Guillermo Diaz, which I think is only because he's a celebrity. Uh... And when I, I confronted him about it online, his response was that it's the only people who pose for his magazine are his friends, and that it's none of his friends of color want to do it. But his most recent issue, he flew to the fucking United Kingdom to photograph a guy over there, a white guy. If you, give me a fucking break. I don't believe that there is nobody in the entirety of New York City, which is where he's based out of, if I'm not mistaken, who is a person of color and is willing to pose for your pinups magazine. I think that's a big fucking disgusting cop-out, and I think you're a dickhead. Moving through that, Guillermo Diaz posed naked for that magazine, and he's hot, and he's talented. There you go. Number six, a little unexpected moment for you here, Noah Wiley. Yes, Noah Wiley. Uh, From ER, I think that's where he's from. From some doctor show. He recently surfaced on... A TV show called Falling Skies. We'll be talking about that later. And I don't know what happened, but I would like to touch it. <laughs> he's got, he's grown a beard. I mean, you know, again, it's for the show. I think it has a lot more to do with the character he's playing. This intellectual professor who's forced into a military moment, always dirty and scruffy and beardy, and that is hot, which is why he's number six. And number seven on my list of people who I think are hot and I would like to fuck, myself. Why not? I got an ego. Who doesn't want to... Look, I'm going to be honest with you. When I record a video of myself doing sex things and then I see it back, I get turned on. Is that gross? Good. I don't care. Fuck you. You don't know me. That's my top seven. That's my list of seven. Honorable mention. Yes. I wanted to throw an honorable mention in there. 
Marcus Bachman. Oh, yes. Now, no, I, I don't actually think that he's sexy. Uh, he reminds me, actually, of, like, the middle-aged, older guys at the YMCA who used to give me a hand job in the steam room when I was, like, 17. Be that as it may, uh, I would like to fuck him so that I can then tell the whole world that I fucked him and destroy his life. <laughs> so, there you go. That's my list. Did you love it? I know that I know that you loved it. I know that you're full-on tenting right now. So, let's move on to the next thing. Who watched Falling Skies? Who didn't watch Falling Skies? That's the question. I loved it. It was terrible, and I loved it. I don't I don't have cable. I don't subscribe to television. So I download things on the internebs. And uh, I I just... It, I, I, I love post-apocalyptic... Apollonia. I love post-apocalyptic scenarios. Zombies, world war, you know, nuclear, fucking... Anything that takes a group of people who have no business even knowing each other and throws them together in a family makeshift family scenario where they rely on each other to survive. I love it. I love it. Stephen King's The Stand miniseries. Terrible. I fucking love it. Seen it a hundred times. Molly Ringwald? Yes. Anyway, Falling Skies. I saw an ad in the paper and I uh, decided to download it and check it out. I couldn't get enough. First time in ages where a finale was coming up, a season finale, and I was salivating waiting for it. I was like, I can't wait. I can't wait. I need to know. Uh... But it was, as I said, terrible. <laughs> it's just... There's nothing... I, there's, there's nothing on TV. I mean, there's some shows that I love. But this show... Okay, so... Aliens... When you start the show, aliens have taken over the world, basically. 90% of human population is deceased. They've been killed. And it's, it's got your very typical alien invasion plot going on. Uh, Noah Wiley, who I mentioned before, plays a very, very hot professor and father who is one of the survivors. Other people are in it. I don't remember any of their names. Moon. One of them is named Moon Blood Love or something like that. And she's quite talented. They're all talented people, but man, oh man, it's formulaic. I mean, it's the aliens come, the children are in danger, they have to figure out a way to communicate with aliens, nobody knows what the aliens want, are they, you know, it's just a total predictability from start to finish, but it was, it, I just loved it. So I want to know, I want to get your feedback. Did you see it? Did you love it? Did you think Noah Wiley was hot? Did you, uh, <laughs> did you, uh, did you anything? Did you think it was terrible? I want to, I want to hear back from you. Let's talk about it. Uh, so send me your comments. It would be, uh, you would be sending those to podcast at jamesbradfordisthick.com. And uh, I will talk about your comments in the next podcast. I know that you're dying to be a part of this because this will obviously be the next cultural phenomenon. So get on top of that. I have also been reading Sean Astin's autobiography. I don't know if it's really actually an autobiography. It's one of those things that says written by Sean Astin with yada da 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 some other dude, which actually is hilarious because when you read the jacket, the other dude's primary other credential as a writer was helping The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, write his autobiography. 
classy. And so I don't know how much of it Sean Astin actually wrote, but it's, uh, I, I'm three-fourths of the way through it, and it's just awful. I don't mean to keep talking about awful things. Uh, well, and I love it. I mean, uh, Falling Skies, awful, but I love it. Sean Astin's book, it's awful, but I love it. And here's why. So, the book is called There and Back Again, An Actor's Tale, which, I mean, just right away, it's the most narcissistic, ridiculous, pompous title ever. By the way, the, the co-author's name is Joe Layden, which honestly is way too close to Joe Biden to make me comfortable. Anyway, the book is primarily focused on Sean Astin's um, uh, adventures filming the Lord of the Rings series, and that was my first disappointment. I am a Sean Astin fan. The Goonies, Whitewater Summer, Toy Soldiers, Rudy, Encino Man, etc. Harrison Bergeron, which I'm the only one that saw. So I, I was hoping it would be more about his entire life and career, but really it's about the Lord of the Rings. This is, it's, uh, it's the most ass-kissiness book I've ever, ever read. If you could take every episode of the Arsenio Hall show and take every ass-kissing moment out of it and put it in a book, that's what this is. It's, <laughs> it's like postscript ass kissing too. He's so he's so into being an actor, which is great. I'm an actor, and you have to really believe that you're the hottest shit in the world and be dedicated to your craft to be a good actor. But he takes himself so seriously, and you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to read this is because I had seen clips of him being sort of a pompous jagoff. There's on the DVD commentary of the. Uh, on, the, on the DVD of The Goonies, there's a commentary feature, and it's actually the whole cast of the kids as adults sitting at a long conference table, and they're watching the movie together and commenting on it all the way through. And uh, it's really, actually, really great if you're a fan of the movie, because it, like, goes back and forth from actual video footage of them watching and commenting to... And the movie's in a small screen in the corner, and it goes back and forth. Anyway, Sean Astin is there. And at one point, he starts to tell this story, and it's... <laughs> It's so wordy and filled with like ten cent words and flowery and it just sounds so and the other cast members start interjecting and sort of like teasing him and making fun of him in a way that you can tell that they're just like, Ugh my fucking god, this again. Like they know that this is what's coming from Sean Astin. This this is what you expect, apparently, from Sean Astin. So uh he gets interrupted eventually in the middle of his story, like they're so over it that they just stop letting him talk. And the next time you see a shot of the whole table he's gone because apparently he just took off and i don't remember there was some excuse he issued later apologizing saying he had to do something else uh but <laughs> it just cracks me up that he's just so such an egomaniac that he couldn't even finish the commentary of a uh, on a dvd so anyway i mean it's a good read um there's not you're not gonna really learn anything about ma the making of the lord of the rings that you probably couldn't already figure out by the fact that it cost 270 million dollars which by the way he mentions every chance that he can get uh but it's all about him and how amazing he is and how amazing the process was he's obsessed with his weight by the way he is absolutely he's got i think he's a little dysmorphic frankly he refers to himself as getting fat when he did encino man and any he talks about for like 200 pages no, no, but really for like five pages. He talks about how keeping your body in shape is part of being a Hollywood actor, and that's just the way that it is. And and in like 
one fell swoop talks about how if you're not physically fit, no one will take you seriously, but then also how there are actors who are overweight who are hugely su- successful, a la, like, I don't know, Kathy Bates is a easy-to-go-to reference example, whatever. Uh, it just cracks me up how he contradicts himself, and, and he's just... But he's... The, the, less, the, the, <laughs> the message that you get from There and Back Again in Actress Tale is that Sean Astin really, really loves Sean... Aston and anyone who is like that is my friend. So I highly suggest that you find a way to buy it used for 25 cents and give it a read. Okay, so are you ready for a plug? I gotta do it. Just bear with me. Bear with me. Maybe that's what I should have called the podcast. Uh, I'm thinking about calling it Barely There. I kind of like that. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I gotta plug it. I gotta plug something. So here we go. I'm doing a show for the Fringe Festival in Philadelphia. It runs uh, the, several weeks in September is when Fringe happens. It's over 200 shows of all different types of performing arts going on as part of the Live Arts Festival. I am doing a live comedy slash music show called James Bradford is Thick. It's very, if you're familiar with the live shows of Sandra Bernhardt, it's along those lines. Uh, it's actually dedicated to her. I love her to death and she really influenced my aesthetic in comedy. So it's a lot of storytelling, funny, fun, fabulous stories mixed in with a live band. I have a full band fronted by the amazing Toshio Mana, my music slave for five years now. Um, and uh, Bianca Lindblad on vocals and Melinda Gervasio on drums and so on. Uh, we don't have a bassist yet. Deal with it. We'll just smack our asses. It'll, it will make it work. Rhythm. And anyway, it's going to be great. It runs 80 minutes, and it's at Taboo, Club Taboo, at 200 South 12th Street on September 13th and 14th. Doors open at 8 o'clock. Show starts at 9 and runs till around 10.20, 10.30-ish. It's $15 for tickets. And if you go to jamesbradfordisthick.com and click on the show, you can order your tickets online, or you can buy them at the door. So it, it, show up. You can also because we really want to make sure that we reach our quota and can pay the bar, the club, and make sure that all the musicians get paid. You can donate to the show, or you can buy digital downloads of my music to support the whole project. So anyway, the best way to do that is to go to the website, like I said, and uh, that, again, is jamesbradfordisthick.com. I mean, I know you want to. Uh, You could also find me on Xtube and pay for some of those videos and that is equally profitable for me i'm not going to tell you the url find it go find it unzip your fly and find it you can do it and now for politics (laughs) i'm a i was never been a militant gay i've never been i mean i feel shame and guilt about it but i've never been like one of those activist types that does a lot of activisty things I feel bad. I've I've done volunteering and I've done performances for fundraisers and stuff like that, but I've never been good at vocalizing myself. Too much fear of, I don't know, repercussions. I, whatever. I've never been good at it. But recently I've grown more and more aggressive about defending gay rights and trans rights and all of that shit. So, all of that shit. I, um, I started a job in a primarily heterosexual environment, uh... Well, that's a stupid thing to say, because the world is primarily heterosexual, so no matter what job you get, unless it's, like, in gay porn, 
or Cirque du Soleil. Ah, what? That references my show. Anyway, uh, (laughs) you probably are surrounded by heterosexual people, but I'm working at a bar. I'm working at an Irish pub, a sports bar. So I'm surrounded by straight people all the time and in their worst states, like drinking and hooting at sporty things and stuff like that. So it's been a real learning experience. And there's so much I want to say that it would it would take a whole a podcast to say it all. But what I want to say is that I am so sick of the latent homophobia in pro-gay people. Did, did, you, did that make sense? Did you cover that? The latent homophobia in pro-gay people. Because there are so many bros out there who say that they're pro-gay or, you know, any, from any range from, like, I don't have a problem with gay people all the way up to I support gay rights. But they're still so riddled with latent homophobia and it surfaces in the most obnoxious ways. I've seen it over the last eight months. I've seen it all. I've seen all of it. From, you know, the no homo shit, which really drives me crazy. Like, dude, uh, those pants look really good on you. No homo. Like, uh, are you fucking kidding me? Like, did yeah, well, it's good that you said that because when you complimented my pants, I assumed that you wanted to eat my cum. But now I know that you don't because you said no homo. Thank God we dodged that bullet. Uh, The gay thing, I've just given up on the gay thing. I mean, on the one hand, it drives me nuts, and I try to explain to people, because the thing you hear, somebody says, dude, that's so gay. And then you say, could you not say that? Could you not use gay as a derogatory, pejorative term all the time? Well, I don't mean gay like homosexual. That's not what I mean. And it's like, yeah, no, that is what you mean. You may not mean it directly, but if you don't understand etymology of language, then, you know, if you did, then you understand that gay, you're saying gay to mean lame, but gay means homosexual. Therefore, the connection is that being homosexual is lame. Being gay is lame or stupid or weak. So you may not mean it, but it's what you're saying, whether you realize it or not. But that's just fucking, they don't get it. It goes over their heads. And truth be told, they don't actually care. They don't care enough about gay rights or gay anything to stop or make an active effort to stop saying it. So... I've just given up on that one. I kind of feel like, in the same way that it's a losing battle to try and get people to stop referring to things as retarded, it's just, we've got other stuff to focus on, and maybe we just need to accept the transition. I don't know. So, but, you know, there's progressively worse levels of this shit. There's one guy who is totally cool and totally okay with gay people on the surface, but on one drunken night, he gave me this lecture about, and I've gotten this so many times in my life. And you may be listening to this, by the way, and thinking, like, I'm the most flaming queen in the world, or you may be listening to it and thinking I'm really butch, because it depends on your own perception and who you know, and, you know, uh, some people think I'm one, some people think I'm the other. I don't care. I think I'm a great mix of the two, and that's what makes me hat. But, uh, so this dude said to me, he's like, you know, you're all right, James. You know what I like about you is you're not, like, one of those sissy queens. Like, you know, you're just, like, a regular guy. Oh, my God. Like, that's the most backhanded, ass-upwards compliment, if you can even call it that. It just pisses me off so much. And you want to be appreciative of it because... But you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, fuck you. I've got flaming friends who are really awesome people. And if you've got a problem with them, you got a problem with me, bitch. But, uh, so there's, there's that is always going on with me. The worst thing that happened was that there was this guy that worked at our bar who he was a real jagoff to begin with. Nobody liked him. He, from day one, was whining about the job and how he didn't really need it and didn't need the money and hated it there. 
And we have one gay client who comes in all the time. He's like the gay guy besides me, I suppose. He's the gay guy that pays for things. And he came in and the bartender who I'm talking about was there with his 21-year-old brother. And the gay guy had had a couple drinks and he told the brother that he looked cute. And apparently the brother gave that all, dude, don't even, don't say that to me. Just don't say that to me. Which irritates the shit out of me, too, because, I mean, just don't tell people what they can and can't say. Don't fucking do that. And it's not like he squeezed your crotch or fucking said, dude, stick it in. Like, you know, there's a fucking difference. But he just said you were cute. Like, thank you is the appropriate response. Even if you want to say, hey, thank you, by the way, I'm straight. I mean, it's still presumptuous and really not necessary to go there yet, maybe. But even that is better than don't say that to me. So anyway, this bartender guy was telling me this story, and I was said what I said to you just now. Why did he need to say that? Why couldn't he have said something a little bit more polite? And the bartender dude was like, because he doesn't... Gay people should know better than to hit on straight people. I can't... You should fucking know better. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean we should know better? What do you mean we should know better? We don't know your sexual orientation, and even if we do, we shouldn't be prohibited from flirting with you because there's nothing to come of it, you know, and it's the old chestnut of if every woman was allowed to react violently to every man who was flirting with her unwantedly, they would all be in prison. So then he says to me, and I'm paraphrasing because it's been months, but he says something to the effect of, you know what, that's fine, but if gay guys just want to go around hitting on people no matter what, they should just expect to get killed. <gasps> gay gasp. Uh, so I flipped a shit bit. And I went in, and he was following me back in the bar, and I was screaming at him in front of customers. And he quit on the spot. He, like, just took off and quit and left people eating downstairs. I, uh, <laughs> it's one of my prouder moments, I'm going to be honest with you. But look, the bottom line of all of this is that I think that some of the most important activism we can do is in our day-to-day -day lives. So, you know, you just got to fucking speak up. If somebody calls you a faggot when you're at Walmart, turn around and... You know, to fucking tell them to go fuck themselves. Don't be the bigger person all the time because you're not really serving anything. It's a no-win situation. So why not choose the path that makes you feel like you defended yourself? And at the end of the day, you know, fuck those people. Those people suck. Those are terrible people. They're terrible. They're terrible people, and they don't mean anything. Because it, it gets better. <laughs> Oh, God. So I have no idea how long this has gone on for. I'm saving separate clips, and I'm going to edit them together or whatever. It'll sound amazing, obviously. I can't help but feel like the entire thing was boring as shit. Uh, I'm not super camp, so that's not the kind of comedy I'm serving. Uh, I mean, I'm not really doing comedy. I like to think I'm funny, but I'm really just talking. As I said, I'm running my mouth for an hour. But I hope that you enjoyed listening. Uh, I can't imagine that you didn't. And uh, next podcast, I should have a very special guest. I don't know who. What do you care? It'll be someone awesome. It'll be your mom. It won't be your mom. Wouldn't it be great, though? Wouldn't it be great if I could just, like, all of you, I could find out who's listening in the future and find your moms and interview all of them and then custom make a podcast just for you? I'm going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, like, a minority report. Is that what the name of that movie was? That Tom Cruise movie with the future crimes thing? I don't know. I don't know. Why do I have to answer all the questions? God. Anyway, I'm glad that you joined me, and... Uh, I hope to talk to you next time. 
And if there's any topics you want to hear me blabber about, remember to email podcast at jamesbradfordisthick.com because I am ready and willing to entertain you, specifically you, and whatever it is that you want to hear me rant about. All right, man. Uh, peace out, as they say on the Queen Latifah records. Choke today.